Welcome to this week's episode of the Photo Detective Podcast. I'm Maureen Taylor, the Photo Detective. I'm beyond thrilled to let you know that my book, Family Photo Detective, has been updated and re-released for 2023. In fact, it's been out of print for a number of years, so I am pretty excited about having it back in print. My book is the easiest way to unlock the secrets behind your family photos by helping figure out key elements and how you can identify more about your family through pictures. You can find it on my website at MaureenTaylor.com. It's right on the front page, so you can't miss it. And it's available in both ebook and print formats. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them, from the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Francois Brunel, and he is a photographer with a really interesting project. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time now. Francois, tell us something about yourself and about what you're working on. Hello there. I'm Francois Brunel. I'm a photographer from Montreal, and I've been working for the last at least 20 years, in fact, 23 years, on a project called I'm Not a Lookalike, which is about taking pictures of lookalikes, people that look the same. And I, the original thing about my project is I bring them together so they have to be at the same time in front of the camera. And then I they take their portrait because you can find a lookalike. So one in, the, let's say, in Florida, one in New Mexico. And then you say, I have the two photos of them. But my project is they have to be together. And that makes it a little bit complicated, but at the same time, more fun. So you've been working on this since I think what 1999. Yes, it's a yes. Well, I started before that thinking about it and preparing the project. But the first picture I did in year 2000. But I know on my website it's at 1999. But I started in year 2000 to to the the real, the, the first usable lookalike photo. So it's been 23 years already, and the time goes fast. I mean, the photographs are amazing. Showing okay. these people side by side when they're beautiful photographs, but they're also really interesting from the perspective of the fact that people look alike, that you have been able to find people that bear a remarkable resemblance. That's true. It's not easy, but they are, there are few pages on the web you, where you see people who, who publish pictures, the people meet in a bus or they meet in a restaurant and they, they're pretty amazing and they, they're not part of my collection, but I have, I have, I would say not more than enough, but I'm not running after lookalikes right now. But if people reach out to me and write to me what they do and they say, oh, I have a lookalike and she, you know, he or she, he lives nearby in the same city, then I'm interested. That That's for sure. 
But what is tough is when someone says, oh, I have a lookalike. I live in the, the States and my lookalike lives in, in Japan. And so thank you very much. But, but sometimes sometime it, could, it could work. But they, they have to be in the same room, in the same, same place. And that makes it a little bit complicated. At the same time, that's what's unique and what is interesting is that they interact with each other. It's not just that they look the, like the other person. It's that they are in presence of the other person. And then they, they have to agree on doing the picture because they could change their mind, which never happened, by the way. But they could come and say, oh, I don't want to, I don't look like this person and I don't want to participate. But uh, no, they, the fact that they look pretty much the same, they, they become instant friends in front of the lens. It's always very peaceful and very, very quiet. There's no, there's no conflict. There's no fighting. There's no arguing. There's no... Uh, uh, discussion, it, you know, it, it goes pretty smoothly because people, they look alike. So how did you decide to work on this project? I mean, was there a moment where you thought you were on a bus or a subway and you thought, oh, those two people look a lot alike. I, this could be fascinating to study. Since a young age, I would notice people that look like other people look alike then. And I remember when I was, that's about, let's say, 20, no, no more than that. That's it. Almost 50 years ago, I, I met a woman here in Montreal and I told her, oh, you look like one of my, in, in Quebec City, you know, but she was maybe the girl was 14 or something like that. Years after that, she, both of them came to my studio. So that was 20 years after that. They still look the, the, pretty much the same. But they had, this, they had the same energy. So one is from a French Canadian. The other one is an Hungarian woman who immigrated in Canada a few years ago. So that was interesting. But but the thing that, that sparked the idea was, I guess, my likeness to a character called Mr. Bean, whom I was compared to by by uh, I was by English people in Montreal who would see that on television. And I was not watching television at all. So I say, well, I look like a a man who was looks like a bean so i i didn't you know I, I didn't catch it exactly but one day i was watching television and i saw kind of myself on the television taking a bath and i was like oh this looks like me well, this is what i look like oh my god and this is awkward and i thought you know it's not very flattering but oh, this is me i know this is me but then nobody is around so I'm alone with the television. But then the, the program ended and I saw Mr. Bean. Then I said to myself, oh no, I think I look like this character. And people tell me I look like this character, so I must look like that. So well, I've watched many a Mr. Bean program and you might resemble him a little bit, but not as much as the lookalikes, oh, yeah. the doppelgangers in your photographs. But, but, but at the time I was younger, my hair was cut short. I would wear a tie every day because I wanted to look serious and people would take me as an adult and not like a, a kid, I don't think I look like the character anymore. But at the time, yes. And even when I went to his first movie with one of my children, and he was about four or five at the same time. And for years, he thought I was in the movie because I'm a photographer and I do all these things. Anyway. So, so in the beginning, when you first started this, yes. the internet was not what it is today. It was, must have been harder to find people that looked like each other. Then. It, was, it, it was very tough for the first years. Well, I did about nine or ten or maybe eight pairs that I had in my mind that I could reach. And some of them were not available. Some of them, they declined. 
But after about 10 pairs, I was short of pairs. And my goal was to get 200 pairs. So what do I have to do? I told myself, I'll ask the media. I'm a good person. So I, I will go to the media and they will help me. But it doesn't work like that because the few people that I reached, they would look at me and say, what are you doing? We don't understand what it is. And is it about famous people? I said, no, no, it's not about famous people. Then maybe it's not interesting. But finally, one reporter gave me an article. Another one gave me an interview on the radio. and then. I got an article in the newspaper, and then some people on the web wrote an article about me, and then the web got on, on top of it, and then it spread all over the world, and I got emails from uh, Turkey, I got emails from all over the place, I say, how come I get those emails? I mean, I had an article in the Toronto Star, in Toronto then, and I got emails from Turkey, so I thought, ah, oh, there are lots of Turkish people in Toronto, and then I don't understand what's going on, because it was spreading like crazy. So there are waves like that. So uh, recently, since August, there was a wave because of the article in the New York Times and the study from Dr. Esteller, who is Spanish. Sure, then I got all these calls from all these, these journalists around the world who wanted to talk about the study and they want to, to use my photos and things like that. So it's a wave, but now it's the end of the wave. So it will be quiet for maybe six months or two years. I don't know. And then there will be another wave, I guess. But, but it's fine. It's, it's, and the, there are new journalists that come on the market every, every two or three years. So some of them, they discover my work for the first time. Your project, you know, it's like the twin you didn't know you had. But it has big implications for facial recognition software. I guess so. It's a, I, I didn't try it myself. I prefer, I prefer to ask people, if you have a lookalike, write it to me and tell me about it, and then we'll do so. That's how I found most of the lookalikes that I have. But also, I was lucky enough to be part of some projects, one of them being in Colombia, where some social department of the government wanted to an ID of peace in Colombia. And so they hired an advertising agency who called me and he said, we want to do a part of your project in Colombia. So we will find lookalikes all around Colombia. We'll bring them to Bogota and we'll bring you in Bogota. We'll give you money and you'll photograph them for your project. And we'll use that for our campaign. So because of them, I could get 24 pair of lookalikes in Colombia, but they paid for everything. I, I could never do that. You know, it's, it's impossible. Same thing happened to me in Spain, in the States, in, in Germany at a lesser extent, but so I was lucky enough to, to be able to go on with my project and, and get more and more lookalikes and people would do the, the dirty work of finding them sometimes. Or I would already, I found them and I would give them the, the names. They brought someone from New York and then someone from, I think, was Atlanta. And then they brought them to L.A. and for the photo session. So that was great for me, but I could never do that. So you have been in the news quite a bit in the last six months. Yes. In the fall, I think, is when articles really started popping up again. And this time, wasn't there a DNA component to your lookalikes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's because it was collaborating with a scientist in Spain whose name is Dr. Esteller. And he reached out to me. Well, I had an article in the New York Times in 2014, and he wrote me just when he saw the article. He said, Oh, I'm a scientist. I'm a. I, I have this project, and let's do something together. But he was so so enthusiastic that I told him, "Whoa, just hold on. You know, I'm not sure about that and DNA. I'm not sure." So I went to meet him about twice in Barcelona, and well, one time in Madrid and the other time in Barcelona to discuss. And 
I wanted to make sure that I could trust that person to ask the people who participated in my project to give their DNA. You know, you don't give your DNA to anyone just like that because it's scientific. So once I was convinced he was a good, then I reached out to 50 pairs of lookalikes at least to ask them if they would want to participate and answer a questionnaire and things. So I think 25 pairs at the end, maybe more accepted out of them. He, he kept, I think, 16 pairs that called that were that that were called the perfect pairs, and then he did he did his DNA research, which took about uh, I would say four to five years. And I went to this lab twice. <laughs> it was like in a James Bond movie. All these people dressed in in white, you know, and superwoman, like they look like you know spy agents, and the men also, everyone working and with computers, and they would study that. And finally, they found something. I think he found which part will make the shape of your nose, the color of your eyes, the, the color of your hair, things like that. So it's not finished that with that, but at least he proved this point that you could you could do that. And so it was a big break, breakthrough. So when it went out in the in the media in, in August, then everyone picked on this because it's a scientific breakthrough in a way. A few people came to me over the years. And I would refer them to Dr. Seller, would refer them to the other study that was done before for a psychological, it was a psychological study. There were two, in fact, one from California and one, it was, it was started in Montreal, but it ended in Bonn in Germany, finally. But they are almost the, the same. It's about uh, psychological diseases. And their conclusion was there was no more common traits between lookalikes than two, two people at random on the street. But they were looking at at psychological diseases. So uh, for me, it doesn't mean much for my project because a lookalike, what is a lookalike? A lookalike is a lookalike. If you look like somebody else and people think you're somebody else, that's what interests me. Is it an artistic project? It's about identity. Who am I? When I look at myself in the mirror, am I looking at François? Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I say, this is me. Absolutely me. Look at my eyes. Look at my eyebrows, look at my ears. This is me. But what if someone else <laughs> across the city or across the world is looking at himself in the mirror and saying the same exact thing, looking at the same, most almost the same thing? And he says, ah, this is Roger, this is me. But then who am I and who is that person? Of course, we're different, but we think we are what we look, you know. If we could exchange our faces just for a day or two, you know, we just just take your face, put it on my face. You take my face, put it on yours, and then I would go and see my children, and they would say, "Hi, who are you?" I say, "I'm Francois." I say, "No, I just changed my face for one day." No, no, no it's not you. <laughs> it's you know, it's not you. But well, it's me. The only thing that changed is my face. No, no, but it's not you because they they could not believe it's me. It's, it happened to me once. I was I was doing some photos for an advertising project, and I had lots of smoke to to do an effect. And I inhaled too much smoke, and during the night my face got swollen very much. In the morning, and I look at myself in the mirror, and then I saw somebody that I never saw before. I saw another face, and then what, what I said to myself, I still remember. I said, "Oh, I lost myself." And then I went to the hospital, and the hospital they say. Is it something wrong with your eyes? I would say, no, it's my face. Right. They didn't see you as being, as having a puffy face. I was this kind of monster that I became overnight, you know. So they gave me, I think it was penicillin for three days in a row. And just, uh, (laughs) and I came back to what I was. But 
when it happened, I thought I had lost myself because I thought I would have to explain all the rest of my life that uh, this is not me. You're not looking at me, but it was still me. So, so it's the, the, the way we look makes us what we are in a way, but at the same time, not. I'm just asking questions. I don't have the answers. I'm not the, but what's interesting. But you, you're an artist and I a photographer. Yeah. And you must have been doing portrait photography before you started the yes, yeah. the, the double, the, the twin project. And there are people who can't see faces. <laughs> That's true. It's true. I run across them all the time. People who say, I can't recognize this person in my family. They just don't see themselves and how they look like them. And really? to me, it's like, you no, know, you look exactly like your ancestor. You have the nose and the eyes and the, and they're like, no, I, I, you know, they can't see the specific details in a face. And with your project, it's quite clear that you do, that you can see the subtlety in, in how someone looks. Yes. I was you at a funeral to. the other day and I saw three lookalikes at the funeral. You know, I was looking and then I say, oh, this man, he looks like somebody that I know. And then, ah, this woman, oh, yeah, she looks like someone I know. And then, oh, this man also. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I said, okay, I have to stop. François, stop it now. So how many did you end up with? Uh, now I have photographed about two, well, it's exactly, or about 250 pairs. So 500 people agreed to be photographed and came to the studio location that I had at the time. And most, most of them in my studio in Montreal. But I've got more candidates that are good, that would be perfect. Maybe about maybe 200, at least more that I could, you know, all across the world. But, uh, you know, the, the time and money makes a difference. So it's not, it's not, uh, not easy. But now, now that I, I succeeded to have these 200, I, I think it's okay. And now I'm working on publishing a book. And I was waiting for a publisher in Germany and then one in Italy. And they, I, I guess they didn't understand my project well because... Uh, I thought they would jump on it, and if it's an instant success for them, it will be easy because they, the project photos are so well distributed. But I realized they didn't get it. It's like the journalists at the beginning; they didn't they didn't get it. And because if they would see a, one book about them, they would get it. But now they, they, it's too new; it's too out of reach. So I say, I, I told myself, I will just publish it myself and uh, hope for the best. And uh, but at least I can publish the book that I want. If there's only one person in the world, just one, that like my picture as much as I do, I'll be satisfied. I don't really need a book or an exhibit to satisfy my ego, <laughs> to make sure. But I still want to do a book because I want to hold it in my hand. And I want to share the joy of looking at the pictures for some people who would want to get the book. And also the exhibit, because when you go, you'll walk through the exhibit, you'll see these big photos, these small photos, you see the artifacts, the emails some crazy stories and some touching stories. And then you get out of the exhibition. This is my hope. And then somehow you get enriched by an experience, you know. I can't wait for your self-published book. And I hope that you get uh, an exhibit because I think your portraits deserve it. And it would be great to see them so large rather than just on my computer screen. I, For me personally, I think your project has ramifications for the facial recognition industry, which is getting closer and closer to matching faces, but it's not a hundred percent. And it's not, I, it's, it, I opened the Sunday paper the other day and it was some poor man in a state and the law enforcement 
had matched him. Yeah, had (laughs) matched him to somebody, you know, several states away. And he said, wait, 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 I've never even been there. And they were like, no, the face matches. It it happened to some other people that I know they were arrested by the police. They were waiting in line to get to the movie and the police jump on them and beat them almost. And but finally, oh, sorry, it's just a mistake. But you look like the other guy. But fun that you say that. I got some requests from the police department, one in Germany and the one in the States and one in some other country, maybe Denmark or something like that. And they say, we're trying to, to train our people. Can we use your pictures? I say, well, not really, because I don't, I won't even ask the people who participated in my project, but I don't want their pictures to be lying around in the police station in some countries. I mean, because this will spread out and that's so I just, but they said it would, I know it would help you. But definitely, I don't want these photos to circulate in the in, in police stations. Right. In the world. right. But right. there were at least three of them who asked me for the same thing exactly, but we didn't talk to each other. So it was pretty amazing. And some other researchers also, who, uh, there's one lady who, who wrote to me the other day, that was about less than a week ago, and she's in the astrology business, and she wanted me to contact the some of the lookalikes so she would... You would study them. I say, this is an interesting project, but not for me. And I cannot reach out to these people who participate in my project. And at, the, at some point, they get bored with all these studies. And they, you know, it's, but uh, it would have to be something very, very serious. And the study with the DNA at least was something that would give a breakthrough somehow. And it did. So that, that was good. But, uh, you know, it's, enough is enough. And I want to respect the people who participated. I want to re- I respect them. In Germany, there's the doppelganger. There's the, <clears throat> the stories that you have a doppelganger, someone that looks exactly like you somewhere. But if you meet that person and you look uh, both in the eyes, both of them will die instantly. Oh, really? <clears throat> that's the German story, the German part. <laughs> I, I don't know that, but that's Welcome. where the word comes from. <laughs> Willkommen in Deutschland. Francois Brunel, thank you so much for being on The Photo Detective. (laughs) Take care then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. I look forward to hearing more about you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. 
You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.